I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, everybody. A 2-8 talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. And you can tune in at capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. We want your voice to be heard, and we will get to your questions a little bit later in the show. Remember to like us on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks, wherever you get your social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Daily Motion, Telegram, Rumble, and Getter. Shut us down again. So I don't know what's going on with Getter. Um, soon to be Truth Social. That's another one we'll be on. We're really happy you're here. It is February, and in case you didn't notice, we're in Black History Month. And one of the things I've been opining about lately is how gun control's roots in our country are very racist. Gun control was originally founded um, to control and make sure that uh people of color could not own guns. It's very interesting how that's one of often the most forgotten pieces to Black History Month is they want to talk about Jim Crow, which they should, and about slavery, slavery, which they should. But I think just as important is the racist history of the gun control movement. In fact, there was a Supreme Court justice that actually put in print and uh, writing how, you know, the whole point of gun control was to disarm blacks. That was the whole point of it. And, um, you know, I'm reading a, a quote right here. It says, the end of slavery in 1865 did not eliminate the problems of racist gun control laws. The various black codes adopted after the Civil War were required for blacks to obtain a license before carrying or possessing firearms or even Bowie knives. These are sufficiently well-known that any reasonably complete history of the Reconstruction period mentions them. So how, how ironic that prior to, right at the end of slavery in 1865, you didn't need a license to carry a gun except if you were black. And nowadays, in a lot of states, you need a license to possess a gun. The, the thing that people don't want to discuss is where that came from. Uh, so it was really interesting how even today, gun laws are still harming black communities. There's an article here on LibertyNation.com, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says that gun laws are still harming black communities. The cities in which most black Americans live have some of the highest murder rates in the country, despite the fact that they have some of the strictest gun control laws. Gang violence is prevalent in these areas, claiming the lives of thousands of black people every year. So if you think about it, where are the most gun-controlled places in the in the country? Obviously, Chicago's in the news all the time. Um, L.A. You look at inner cities uh, around the around the country, 
and some of the highest rates of crime, you know, Detroit, are also in some of the highest, most regulated and gun controlled states in the or areas in the country. So it, it's ironic that the very people who say, you know, want to present to us the uh, history of black history in America, and I'm all for it. I think Black History Month is very important. Those who don't know their past are doomed to repeat it. And that's why I think gun control is so dangerous. You look at what happened in Germany. Gun control was imposed on the Jewish population. And for the average German, it was like, oh, it's just the, the Jews. You know, it's not us. So they went along with it. But once they started to control the Jewish population by disarming them first and then putting them into ghettos second and then basically rounding them up and putting them on trains and sending them to concentration camps and the rest is history. 12 million people died uh, during World War II. There was 6 million Jews that were murdered and slaughtered in the gas chambers and of Auschwitz and all the concentration camps. Plus, there was all the sympathizers and another political dissidents and political enemies that died. Total of 12 million people. It's, it's amazing. And then you fast forward and you start to see other populations that were disarmed first and then, you know, brought into some sort of totalitarian dictatorship. China is no exception. Governments prefer unarmed peasants to well-armed, trained, uh, <laughs> you know, militias, right? And uh, when I say militia, I use the term very loosely. I feel that a able-bodied population of people who own guns is technically a militia. In interestingly enough, Ukraine is actually considering arming their, their everyday citizens. Instead of just the military and police forces, they're trying to, they're considering allowing citizens to be armed so that they can defend themselves against a potential Russian invasion. Um, even in World War II in this country, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, they said, we've just woken the sleeping giant. And they also said that America could never be invaded because there would be an armed citizen behind every blade of grass. And I know that's a hyperbole, but they're right. Like, there's... 50 million active shooters in this country, active, I shouldn't say active shooters, but active gun enthusiasts that shoot often. And that is a real number. There's as many as 100 million gun owners. Obviously, not all of them are active or are, are you know, even know how to shoot guns, if you will, but they might own one for collecting purposes or whatever. And they may be energized if that were to ever happen if there was ever a, an invasion of our country. I promise you that there are not a lot of people who would sit idly by and take their cities, you know, and towns getting overrun by a foreign uh, invasion force. So, uh, <laughs> which brings me back to my childhood and Red Dawn, you know, the, the one movie that kind of was a, one of those, I don't know, uh, one of those iconic movies of my youth where it showed armed citizens resisting a foreign invasion and fighting back and actually winning 
and that's you know what started revolutions in our country and other countries around the world where the the whole three percenters if you will people who were not willing to sit idly by but took up arms in defense of their home and homeland and ultimately freedom prevailed and we live in the greatest country on earth as a result uh, thanks to that so we want to celebrate our new two broadcast networks, WBOB in Florida and WNST in Arizona, by giving our listeners a special discount at capegunworks.com with a code CGWMA. So if you go to capegunworks.com and use that discount code CGWMA, you'll get a special discount today. So don't hesitate. Go do it. All right. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're glad you're here. We will be getting to your questions very shortly. So um, I appreciate you listening and uh, taking your time out of your day to listen to someone opine and blather on about firearms, which is obviously something I'm very passionate about, um, which is interesting to me because I heard... I hear all the time people say, I love your show, and my aunt listens too, and she doesn't even own guns, but she loves it too. And it proves a point that I used to make all the time, which was um, the uh, the uh, people like a gunfight, if you will. So whether you're for guns or against guns, um, you can you know uh, listen to the debate and form your own 
you know, opinion about them. Uh, I will say that the majority of Americans are certainly sympathetic to the Second Amendment. I'm not saying that they are all agreeing along the lines of what is and what isn't, um, you know, or should or shouldn't be allowed, or, you know, they're not all straight, you know, freedom, no gun, every gun law is an infringement type of crowd, but the vast majority of people do recognize the right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental and important right that was, you know, recognized by our founders um, as something that was so important that it was number two in our enumerated Bill of Rights. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and you can see, like, what happens to countries that have disarmed, like we talked about in the first segment. Um, Australia is another good example of once the population has been disarmed, what the government is capable of and willing to do in order to maintain certain levels of control that it deems necessary. It can impose, you know, uh, uh, curfews and then enforce it by violence if necessary. Um, if you weren't wearing a mask outside, you could be beaten and arrested and taken to uh, some concentration camp where you sit on a sit in a house. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a concentration camp. It's a COVID quarantine camp. But I digress. Um, and now you even look at what has happened up in Canada, where in 2020, uh, Justin Trudeau single-handedly uh, declared thousands of previously legal semi-automatic rifles as military-grade assault weapons. So basically, any semi-automatic rifle for the most part, was deter was you know designated a an assault weapon or a military grade weapon that its only purpose and design was to kill as many people as it could in the shortest amount of time. And there's no place for such weapons in Canada, were his words. So he, by stroke of pen, was able to ban all these guns without any deliberation and their parliament or debate or public hearing or vote of the people. He just did it. That's like what dictators do. So fast forward to 2022 and what's going on in this freedom convoy protest up in Canada. Now, you know, here's a group of people that is probably the most peaceful protest you've ever seen. I mean, there's just kind of plunked down They're They're cooking hot dogs. They have bouncy houses for kids. They're feeding the homeless. They're all rallying together, making lunches for truckers, make, you know, they're feeding each other. It's a festive atmosphere. They're singing, they're waving their country's flags. It's a great show of patriotism and support. But guess what? In 2020, they were all disarmed. And uh, so it was no longer permitted to buy, sell, transport, import, or use these weapons. And so now they're all peaceably assembling and... As a result, they're just freezing their bank accounts. They're arresting them. They're, you know, freezing their assets. They're threatening to take their children, threatening to take their pets. It's insane what is going on up there. And they're basically deeming them criminals and seizing their assets and bank accounts and, and everything without any charges being filed, without any court uh, authorizing it, without warrant, without breaking of any law they are allowed to peaceably assemble and now all of a sudden because it doesn't look good on justin trudeau 
he can, you know, say, all right, that's enough. Time to go home. And sorry, I won't meet with you because I had COVID, but time to go home. And if you don't, we're going to make you pay a steep price. And these people, you, you hear some of the stories of these truckers saying, you know what? Go ahead. Arrest me. Go ahead. Take my truck. Go ahead. Take my account. Freedom is more important to me than my money, than my house, than my livelihood, than my... That's amazing. That's like what the founding fathers of our country stood on. That's a principled stand where they're willing to lose it all for freedom. And that's something that politicians don't understand. They think that they can control the masses by... by um, threatening their livelihoods, threatening their ability to buy bread, by threatening their ability to, you know, go to the store and shop and conduct business and have a bank account. But people say, no, the line in the sand is freedom and you're threatening our freedom and we're not going home and they're doubling down. And now you're seeing these protests start to crop up in other cities um, outside of Ottawa. And now the na- the world is taking notice and starting to uh, take part in Israel is another place. I've seen it in um, France and Germany and other European countries. And so it's it's really empowering and uh, amazing that the the people are finally saying enough is enough. We have been trampled on. We have been put out of business. We have been restricted. Our movements have been restricted. And we are not going to suffer anymore. So you've already taken everything from us. So we're not going to put up with it. So it's pretty amazing to see. But what, what's what's ironic is how the dictator will always take the gun first. True democracies, true representative governments like our founding fathers set up here are not threatened by the masses. They are not feeling threatened by an armed population of responsible citizens. They're only threatened when they want to violate your rights and your freedom. That's when they have to start talking gun control and disarmament because they know what's coming, what's the, what the next steps are. And it's sad to me that there's people that believe like, hey, we've come a long way since 1776 and that could never happen. What? Are you kidding me? I, I go back to the those who fail to know their history are doomed to repeat it or destined to repeat it. In fact, I think it's more likely to happen in an age where we live with a digital footprint and a, a, a government that can utterly freeze assets with the throw of a switch because of the you know Fed and the central bank and whatnot. They can literally throw a switch and freeze your assets. If, if it's that easy uh, to do, why do you think they want to take your guns away? They want to take their gun, your guns away so that they can control you. Because a responsible, law-abiding population is no threat to a representative uh, republic that our founding fathers set up. When freedom is allowed to be free, that is not a threat to government. It's only a threat to government when they continually restrict our freedom. And you look at uh, Canada, which is restricting the most basic human fundamental right, a right to protest and air your grievance towards an oppressive government. Unbelievable. Um, But anyway, 
I digress. I'll get off the soapbox and we'll talk guns. Uh, <laughs> but guns are the hinge pin. If you don't see it, you know, I know it's very cliche. You see the NRA used to have bumper stickers. It's the second that protects the first. Um, and I know that's very cliche, but it's true. Or it's the second that protects them all. The second amendment is what protects all your other enumerated rights. And it's true. It really is true. Without the Second Amendment, where would our First Amendment be or our Fourth Amendment be or our, you know, the Fifth Amendment be? Uh, those are, uh, you know, amendments that could just easily be trampled on. And they've already started to restrict that, too. Look at look at the call of politicians to um, to social media platforms and to big tech to further censor and restrict and shadow ban and remove content from their media. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And how quick they are to, you know, carry the water for those who, um, you know, whose message is different. So it's, it's sad, but it's true. That's the way it goes. Um, so, Anyway, uh, let's get to some of your questions. These days, you can't turn on the news without getting um, inundated with some sort of gun control. But not to be all negative, there is some positive movement um, making headway. So, you know, we've seen um, some states like, uh, let's see, uh, um, I'm reading the news now that uh, in some states, they're actually expanding uh, the, you know, our rights again, Indiana is one that, um, has a vote in May for constitutional carry. Uh, there's also other movement in, um, Alabama and I think Florida is talking about it, which I'm shocked Florida is not a constitutional carry state yet, but I would imagine Florida and Texas are, are certainly going to be coming down the pipeline. Oh, Texas, I think did did become actually but anyway i digress we'll be we'll be back in a minute we want to thank you for listening to rapid fire use the discount code cgwma at capegunworks.com to get a special discount it's only for my radio listeners so shh, don't tell everybody about it it's our little secret go to capegunworks.com and use the discount code cgwma we got keith langer coming up next you don't want to miss it so we will be right back I'm Toby Leary. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. 
Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltechSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and where we talk all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And right now, we are happy to have on the line with us Attorney Keith Langer, who is uh, one of the regular, regular contributors to this show, who always has some very good, useful information for us living behind the lines in Afghanistan. So how are you doing today, Keith? busy how are things down on the cape it's it started off gorgeous and now it's a deluge out there but it's okay business is uh busy as usual so we're happy about that and we're glad to be putting weapons in the hands of responsibly armed people here in massachusetts you anti-social person you (laughs) (laughs) i make a living at that so yes um uh but you know what's something real interesting that it comes up from time to time and I understand people's frustration about it and I figured we should ask you about why the big why and I know that this is a rhetorical question but here in Massachusetts we have something that the government is you know in their great um, generosity towards us the the we people the the peasantry of um, Massachusetts, they tell us what guns we are allowed to buy from a local licensed gun shop, and they've made sure that they are safe enough for us to own. And so I know you participate in a lot of that gun control advisory board hearings and and whatnot, and um, are you actually on the gun control advisory board? No. Okay. So, But you go to the hearings, correct? I go to the hearings when... Uh... I've got clients with guns pending, and back in the day, I went and provided input when they were drafting the criteria for the target roster regulations. Got it. So one of the things one of my uh, listeners pointed out a few months ago was when we first became a gun shop, we saw the roster and all the Glock pistols that were on it. We said, great, we can sell Glocks. And no one had told us otherwise. And I was wondering why other gun stores weren't selling Glocks. And so I sold a few Glocks here and there. And all of a sudden, the Barnstable PD showed up at my shop and said, 
uh, you selling Glocks? And I said, yeah, they're on the roster. He goes, uh, well, you can't do that. And I said, why not? And he said, because they don't meet the attorney general's regulations. And I said, okay, uh, how am I supposed to know that? And he goes, uh, that's a, you were supposed to be served a letter, a cease and desist letter from that dates back to Thomas Riley um, and why you can't buy a gun. So he, he gave me the letter. I read it and said, huh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so fast forward, I called Glock and I said, why, why won't you guys call the uh, extractor, the loaded chamber indicator so that we can sell Glocks in Massachusetts. And she said, ah, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, lo and behold, the Gen 5 comes out. And guess what's in the manual? It calls the extractor a loaded chamber indicator, which is a good way of doing it because you can get some tactile feedback if you run your finger over it. And it tells you that your gun is loaded, even though if you just loaded your gun and you don't know it's loaded, we could have the conversation about whether or not you should own a gun. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's another topic of discussion. Um, so my question is, now that Glock does call it a loaded chamber indicator on the Gen 5 pistols, can we sell them in Massachusetts? No. Wah, wah, wah. Well, you, you can, you can, but you can sell them to cops, the usual chosen ones, mm -hmm. uh, same as before. But unless and until the AG deigns to accept Glocks as safe under her, not really her, she's the third recipient of this dribble, of the criteria, then you can't sell them to the the great unwashed, that bag of deplorables, only the chosen elite. Mm. And the only way that's going to change is if Glock pushes the issue and contacts the AG and says, we have everything you need, which they always did. Uh, and it was argued that the loaded chamber indicator was far better than that stupid witness hole, far safer, far easier to use. You don't require any light. You just run your finger over the top. Mm. Note also that the AG's regulations does not specify that you call it a loaded chamber indicator. It says, quote, load indicator shall mean a device which plainly indicates that a cartridge is in the firing chamber within the handgun. Doesn't say that's its only function. Doesn't say even that it has to be called that. It just says that you've got a load indicator. And if that load indicator happens to be a protrusion on the extractor, which indicates that the gun is loaded, then that type of extractor would, in fact, function as a load indicator. Interesting. And obviously, this is something very unique to Massachusetts. It's, I think, in one other state or two other states as well, right? I believe California has a roster and maybe Maryland. Um, I'm not sure about Maryland or not, but this well, is... Definitely California. Maryland might. I believe Maryland and New York were also the two states that were demanding manufacturers provide a spent case with each firearm sold, because you know what a great assist that was to law enforcement. <laughs> they must think it's some sort of, uh, you know, biometric or fingerprint to the gun type of thing, you know, ballistics fingerprint or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, if it isn't, I don't understand how 
it hasn't been challenged in court. I know Firearms Policy Coalition has just filed a lawsuit challenging the legality of the whole Massachusetts weapons roster in its in and of itself. So I I live with the hope that one day that whole roster goes away um, because I can't see to the layperson any more evidence of this being an infringement of our rights than government being able to dictate which gun we can and can't have. Well, I wouldn't hold my breath on the roster going away. Uh, three successive attorney generals have relished it and tried to run for higher office in part springboarding off their abuse of our firearms rights. Fortunately, two failed. We'll see how the third one does. Unfortunately, her odds look fairly good. Well, everybody go out and vote. <laughs> Hopefully that, you know, this will be another sinking ship. Um, I, you know, Grace Curley was talking about this in the when I was on her show earlier about, you know, that Democrats in general are running from the gun control argument, especially after reading the tea leaves of the last two years of how many new shooters there are in this country where we have estimates between 10 and 20 million new shooters. Uh, I think it's a solid 12 to 15 million new shooters uh, over the past two years in record-breaking gun sales, of course. But more important than record-breaking gun sales is the fact that there's all those new shooters added to the to the uh, critical thinking uh, about their rights. And so I think people who were historically uh, in favor of taking rights away are now running from that argument, knowing it's a failed uh, plank for running on. And hopefully, like you said, that continues here in this state with Maura Healy, because she has certainly been no friend to the Second Amendment. And I think even Massachusetts, as, as uh, left-leaning as it can be, also still sympathizes with the right to keep and bear arms. Well, she's actively antithetical to firearms rights and inverted over two decades of settled case law to do it with her unilateral diktat from Florida uh, inverting the assault weapons ban. Mm. And it's been something that she's been pushing ever since. I know that there was a lawsuit regarding Glock, and that did not fare well. You would think under a sheer safety aspect that Glock's loaded chamber indicator, and they're hardly the first one to use the extractor or a tab on the top as such, uh, would be an issue, and it's certainly preferable to the witness hole, which requires light, and the user kind of waved the gun around to try and peek down that tiny little hole to see if there's a glimmer of brass at the bottom of it, Hmm. Not to mention the fact that why would you want to drill a hole in your chamber? I mean, don't we have enough problems with undercut chambers on 40, mil, 40 caliber Glocks? Hmm. Yeah, it is frustrating. And, uh, you know, I, th I, I think she's been very successful, unfortunately, in her, you know, edict that she did and the fact that courts have upheld it and the fact that the Supreme Court would not hear that case a year or so ago was very disappointing and years of work have gone down the tubes but hopefully um, you know we'll see some 
good forward progress and momentum with this current Supreme Court, and that's probably the only way we're going to see those rights restored. Probably, even though her uh, denial of Glock-loaded chamber indicator is untenable from a safety aspect and from a functionality aspect, it's also arbitrary and capricious because other guns with the same style LCI are approved. Right. The VP9 is one of them. It's unbelievable. Well, I think that, uh, you know, didn't Heller or McDonald, one of them, say that the right to keep and bear arms is very much uh, predicated on the the arms that the people want? It's not what the government tells you you can have. It's the arms that are common and ordinary for use. And nothing can be more common and ordinary than the, than a Glock pistol. I mean, they're, 65% of all police departments carry them. Now, I, I tell people that the, the Glock is like the Toyota Corolla of the gun world. Right. Everybody has or had one. If you, even if you didn't own one, you've used one, and they're common as dirt and just as reliable. Mm. Yeah, they just work. That's why they've got two-thirds of the police market. Right. Ironically, uh, they say that they're too dangerous for you and I to own, but then... They exempt the police department. The police. <laughs> yeah. So they either hate cops and they want them all to have negligent discharges or they're lying. Which one is it? <laughs> yes. Might well, be logic both. Logic and consistency have nothing to do with Massachusetts gun law. Right. That's for sure. Um, but isn't that obvious right there that it is capricious, like you said, that, you know, to any court of law that has somewhat of a head on their shoulders would say oh you deem this too dangerous for the people but yet you give them to law enforcement and say go have fun well I'm not sure the logic as we understand and apply it is what a court understands and applies and that seems to be our problem consistently Yeah, logic doesn't apply in Massachusetts well thanks so much Keith for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you next time we're headed for a break, but before, yeah, you too. But before we go, you should head over to CapeGunWorks.com and use a special discount code CGWMA for a special savings. You got to check it out. All right, we'll be right back. This is Toby Leary on Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearms certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host. Thank you for joining us. And I appreciate Keith Langer coming on the show. If you need him, you're going to want to look him up. Attorney Keith Langer in Massachusetts, and we'll dump his contact information into the chat. So if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about as far as the chat's concerned, you got to go to capegunworks.com and sign up so that you can be notified whenever we go live. And speaking of the chat, we're going to get right to your questions in this segment. There's a lot of them rolling in, so let's get right to it. Uh, John wants to know what my favorite mass compliant 1911 is. And uh, mine is the Nighthawk Customs. I would say probably the Agent 2 or the President. Um, They're both really cool. Um, I like the Agent 2 just a little better because I like agency arms and I think they're pretty neat in the collaboration that they did with them and I'd get it with the iOS personally it's stands for integrated optical system and it's a basically the the back of the gun slides right off which holds the rear sight and a plate slides on and you can get the plate made for a Trijicon RMR or a Vortex optic or a you know Holosun or whatever optic of your choice the pattern you want and you mount the optic to it and it slides right back on and because the 1911 has so much meat on the slide, uh, it, it sits low enough that you don't need suppressor height sights if you want a true co-witness, which I think is irrelevant when it comes to a red dot, but um, it's an option if you want that. So that's my favorite. And then he followed up with in the $1,500 range, which changes everything because that takes Nighthawk off the table. But I'm at a stage in my life where I prefer quality over quantity so <laughs> save up and get a nighthawk that's my answer to that no um in the 1500 range i would say a springfield armory like trp operator or trp um, or the even the uh range officer is a pretty good one but i like the trps with the that are cut for red dot optics as well um, and i keep coming back to red dot optics on a 1911 because i don't carry a 1911 for my everyday carry and somebody actually asks in the chat here if i think the 1911 and 45 is a viable edc option like is it a good option or should you go with um go with a nine millimeter because of the capacity and my i could break the internet by saying this but i believe that the um 1911 in a 45 or in 9 millimeter is not the best option for everyday carry and that's for coming from a guy who carried a 1911 in 45 for about 15 years I carried the same gun every once in a while I'd get lazy and carry like an SP 101 or something like that breaking news but I carried a 1911 and trained with it and practiced with it but then you know a modern striker fired handgun without a thumb safety um, and a very consistent trigger pull caught my eye. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, this gun's really easy to shoot and operate and I don't need to throw little levers and switches and decockers and hammers and all that stuff. So it kind of simplified the gun quite a bit. And then I really noticed it with new shooters how important it was to get them into a gun that just goes bang when you pull it out and pull the trigger. After much critical thinking about it, I also realized that safeties only keep you safe 
when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. So that is pulling the trigger when you shouldn't be pulling the trigger. Uh, 1911, you can't get a configuration of that gun without a thumb safety, nor should you. That gun was designed in 1907 and, you know, went to production in 1911 as the U.S. military weapon. And it was always designed to have, be carried what's known as cocked and locked. So it had a hammer in the rearward position in a single action configuration. So it's cocked, the hammer's cocked. And locked means the safety was engaged. So that's how that gun was designed to be used. So you can't use that gun without the thumb safety. Um, it's crazy too. So um, for that reason, I think the modern striker fired gun is a better option for everyday carry. Again, I could break the internet for saying that. But if you're used to actuating that thumb safety and it comes off every time you drive the gun out, then sure, why not? You don't have to change much in your style, but it's silly to just spend the time necessary to get that level of muscle memory in a gun that's just a fun range gun. Get a striker fired gun. That's my opinion. All right, remember to use CGWMA at capegunworks.com to get your special discount code on any web order. That code is CGWMA, so go to Cape Gunworks right now and get your special discount. Thanks for listening, and we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 3 inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. We're going to jump right back into your questions. I appreciate everyone who's contributing on the chat here. They're coming in fast and furious. No pun intended. And uh, we will get right back at it. So um, as a follow-up to the 1911 discussion, PS says, what do I think of the Smith & Wesson Performance Center 1911? And I think they do a lot of really good with that gun. It's an excellent gun. It's a rock-solid uh, 1911. They... You get a lot of bang for the buck. Um, it comes with all the, you know, the 
kind of add-on features to a 1911 like the beaver tail and the target trigger and the um, checkering on the mainspring housing etc cetera, etc cetera. so I, I really like the gun and I think they run very well I love the nine millimeter performance center um, it's a great 1911 uh, for you know a good range plinker and they're just a pleasure to shoot and I I personally think the 1911 is probably one of the most iconic and most beautiful firearms ever made you know they're like the single action army uh, the 1911 and it's amazing how popular that gun is even in 2022 it was made what 111 years ago and uh, longer, older than that, actually, but designed in 1907. There's no other gun with a run like that. I mean, it was the gun the military carried from 1911 until 1986. Nice. Unbelievable. Even the Beretta 92 FS only went from 96 to what 2017 or whatever the heck it was when the uh, the Sig 320 replaced it. I think it was 2017. Uh, might have been 2018, but anyway, um, so that gun only had a couple decade run <laughs> where the 1911 just had a really, really long run. So, Fascinating. um, Matt's wondering if I have any kits to change out the wood on the Mac 90 to a pistol grip and buttstock. And, uh, yes, we should have that in stock. Um, if not, we can certainly special order it for you. Not a problem. Um, and Matt's wondering if there's a new roster coming out and what are the highlights? Yes, there is. And the highlights are, um, let me get that for you. Uh, it is a, uh, there's a bunch of different guns on there, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is, the, unfortunately, none of those. Um, but we got the Mossberg MC2 subcompact, which a lot of you have been asking for that gun. I have those on order. Those should be coming in. And here's the guns you can't buy that have been provisionally accepted. Here we go. Glock 22, Gen 5 and 40 cal. Glock 23, Glock 27, Glock 44 in 22 cal, which has finally made the roster. But again, we can't sell it. Um, Century Arms, Meta SFX in 9mm. Um, and the SFT in 9 mil, those are ones like a 4-inch barrel, one's a 5-inch. Uh, the Springfield Armory Hellcat, that is the BOSP, which the OSP version is the optics ready. And then the Hellcat, the standard model, have both been um, provisionally accepted. Um, and the Springfield Armory mil spec, there's two new models for that. And then the XDS... G, which is the optic ready XDS, which comes with a red dot optic. Um, then on the formal target shooting roster, the CZTS Tactical Sport or the TS, uh, the CZ75 TS2, the CZ Checkmate, which is awesome, uh, the CZ P10F Competition Ready, and the Taurus TX22 Competition SCR. So those are. Uh, all been added provisionally we're just waiting for the executive office of public safety to update the roster and for those of you who are listening to us behind here in enemy lines um, you must be shaking your head saying what in god's green earth are those people doing in the people's republic of massachusetts and we all ask ourselves this all the time 
and ironically were the state where the shot heard around the world happened which kicked off the American res- res- Revolution and the Patriots and you know founding fathers a lot of them came from Massachusetts etc cetera, etc cetera. and freedom was born and also came to die right back here in the Commonwealth so we've come full circle um, but that's what's coming up uh, down the pipeline on on the roster so um, let's see here uh, Thomas wants to know if we can build a 365 XL Spectre comp in mass. Absolutely, we've sold a lot of the Spectre competitions, uh, or not the comp version. I haven't got those specifically yet, but uh, the Spectres, we've sold a lot of those parts here in, in conjunction with the FCU. So you can go ahead and build that. Uh, Ricardo's wondering why we're talking a day early, and that is because Professor Claw has some family obligations down in an undisclosed location. Oh, my. He is going away for a while, and we'll miss him while he's gone, but uh, that's why we're here a day early. So, uh, Lyrid wants my hat. Yes, uh, maybe I'll auction it off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll get you one one of these days. I'm out of this specific one. I'm wearing my HK hat today, so he's watching on online, and um, he saw the hat. So... He came in last Friday and picked up the 365 XL, cleaned it, and came back and threw 100 rounds down range. And it's your new summertime EDC. It's a great gun. I love mine. Um, and so hopefully we'll see uh, see you back here soon at Cape Gunworks. Uh, John wants to know if he can outfit his pre-ban AR lower with new pistol parts in Massachusetts. And the answer to that is as long as it a virgin pre-ban AR lower and not a uh, rifle lower. Like, in other words, you can't just strip the lower off of a Colt Sporter, if you will, and make it a pistol. It has to have never been manufactured or, or built into a rifle. So as long as it's a virgin stripped lower, then yes, you can build it into an AR pistol here in Massachusetts. Um, Mud says, I don't see the HK VP9SK on the approved firearms roster. Is the 10-round version legal in mass? Can I buy one online and have it sent to an FFL? It is absolutely 100% legal here. It's just not legal for an FFL to sell it to you, unfortunately. That's the conundrum we, we live in. There's no r- law that says you can't own or possess that gun, but there are regulations in place to prevent a licensed gun shop from selling you one. So that's the unfortunate predicament the licensed gun shop owners in Massachusetts have. Uh, And Davey's wondering if the new Savage 308 bolt-action pistol is mass legal. Uh, No, it's not. And um, it could be if they sent it out for testing, but because they have not sent it out for testing, it is not legal. But the, you know, the Thompson Center Pro Hunter SST Comp in 308 is a good example of a gun that has been sent out for testing and it is not your average pistol it's like a um, it's a hunting gun that is patterned after their rifle so but it's a single shot in 308 and a bolt action rifle would technically meet the definition as well so I'd love to see some people start 
uh, testing some rifles for sale here in Massachusetts. But because it's under a 16-inch barrel, it's considered a firearm and it's subject to the approved firearms roster. All right, guys, this is the end of the first segment. And if you're listening on the radio, that means you're probably not going to hear my voice again until next week unless you go to capegunworks.com and click on the bonus content, the rapid fire icon, and you can listen to the second hour of the show. We thank you for tuning in, um, and it'll go on, and sometimes we have extra content and videos, et cetera, et cetera. You can join us and ask questions if you sign up at capegunworks.com and uh, check out some of our YouTube videos. And remember, freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary, so don't go away. We'll either see you next time or we'll be right back. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe.
May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Make sure you tune in every week. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation. We'd love to have you. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks, wherever you find your social media. Some of the freedom-loving ones and some of the not-so-freedom-loving ones um, like I said, our handle is at Cape Gunworks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Daily Motion, Telegram, Rumble, and Getter shut us down again. So we're going to have to figure out what's going on with Getter. Soon to be Truth, Truth Social, we've applied for that one. So hopefully soon we'll be there as well. Um, remember not only to like and subscribe, but comment and share. That really defeats the evil algorithms who are trying to keep us down, um, which happens more often than you'd realize. It's amazing. Um, I remember one time, one of our posts was just very generic. It was a repost of a picture of a sign from some protest or something like that. And no comment, no hashtags. So it must have slipped through the algorithms and it had like, 24,000 likes in a matter of like hours and I think it was 1600 uh comments at one point um within a like a day and I'm like man that's what a post that we do would do if it wasn't restricted if it wasn't shadow banned if it wasn't you know artificially tamped down and I don't know if you've ever seen the project veritas videos of the undercover reporting that James O'Keefe does of like Twitter executives and Google executives and whatnot. And you hear them talking about how that they actually manipulate the algorithms to look for keywords and to um, keep keep what they consider uh, speech that they don't agree with on the on the down low. So they artificially, and one guy goes into great detail about what shadow banning really is and how people think that their content is actually being put out there. And it looks like they're, they're the people that like and subscribe to their page actually see it. And the guy was laughing how like they don't even see it. It doesn't come up in their feed and everything else. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that happens and guns are not one of the favorites of big tech execs. And speeches, and either obviously, even though they make their living at free speech, they love to make sure that they are the moderators of free speech, and that no um, anti 
approved message is brought to the forefront. Like, you know, I know when Joe Rogan was uh, going through it there a couple of weeks ago about his podcast and how he's telling people how he got better on ivermectin and, and hydroxychloroquine, like they wanted to crucify him. They wanted a public hanging in the town square. And, you know, he's giving out bad medical information. Well, lo and behold, guess what just came out? That they were saying that ivermectin should have been used <laughs> in their early treatment of COVID. But anyway, I'm not trying to get down that third rail of uh, political speech right now. But the point of the matter is, um, you know, big tech loves to censor speech. And we would love it if you would share, like, subscribe, and comment on all of that. So... Unfortunately, it's one way we get our message out still, and we have to we have to uh, try to overcome that algorithm. So here we are doing the good work of the freedom-loving individuals in uh, in the in the great North Country of the United States of America. Anyway, we're going to talk some guns. We're going to answer your questions. We're in the local hour, I, I would call it. Um, we don't have the national footprint in the second hour yet. We may someday, so I'm happy to talk more Massachusetts-based stuff if that is what you want to talk about. Um, and along those lines, uh, Mud Flaps asks about the HKVP9. Is it on the approved roster and is the 10-round version legal in mass? And like I said before, unfortunately, no, you can't have that sent to an FFL because it's not one of the guns on the approved weapons roster, much to the chagrin of everybody. But you can get the P30SK, which is a good alternative to that gun. It's same size and shape and feel, but it's a hammer fired gun. And if you can get it with the LEM trigger, it's even better. So um, you'll have a consistent trigger pull that, you know, the same trigger pull uh each time and it's a light double action so uh, you know you don't have that heavy double action trigger pull so anyway um and larp is saying he doesn't understand how glocks are forbidden to buy from a dealer when it's legal to buy one with a 10 round or pre-band mags as a private sale from a cop who's selling it used um as keith langer so aptly pointed out in the first hour Logic doesn't apply here. So logically, you're saying, wait a minute, I can go buy a gun at, through a private sale, but I can't go to the licensed gun shop that's going to do a background check, that's going to you know, sell me a gun brand new, and you know, that doesn't make sense. And the gun's on the list um, because... It, you're you're 100% right. Logically, it doesn't make sense. You can't understand it because it's unsensical. It's completely nonsensical. And so what what really, you, the way to look at it is there's no law that says you can't own whatever gun you want in Massachusetts except those that violate the assault weapons ban and those that have high-capacity magazines. So obviously, most gun companies these days make low-capacity magazines, so you can solve that problem. But the problem is licensed gun shops are subject to the approved weapons roster. So um, even when Tom Riley sent that cease and desist letter to Glock and to the local gun stores that were selling Glocks in 1998, 
he did so and then he said in the commentary that if you've bought one of these guns we recommend you bring it back to where you bought it because it's unsafe he didn't say if you bought one you must return it pronto because it's illegal for you to own it he said we recommend you bring it back because it is unsafe because it doesn't have a loaded chamber indicator it's not a government approved gun and what it came down to was that um, they hate Glock because it is the most popular gun on earth how do you solve the problem of you know in their mind reducing gun ownership well you make it harder to buy guns what gun are you gonna make it harder to buy the most popular gun on earth that's also the the, the problem with the AR-15 politicians who are intellectually honest understand that yes there's been some mass shootings that have taken place with AR-15s but the vast majority of gun violence is not committed with AR-15s it's committed with handguns semi-automatic handguns they realize that they can't convince the public that owning a semi-automatic handgun is akin to owning an assault weapon quote-unquote so therefore they just they just come after the assault weapon where they feel they have the intellectual and moral high ground which they don't because it is in my opinion the rifle that most Americans want because of Why? its uh, because it's versatile it's very modular it's easy to accessorize it's easy to work on it runs well and like one of the callers on the Grace Curley show earlier said it he was familiar with that platform because he was a military uh, you know he was a marine and he shot the M16 in the Marine Corps so the kind of the the uh, nomenclature of the gun was very similar to that of the M16 but make mo no mistake about it we don't send our soldiers to war with an AR-15 we send them to war with an AR with an M16 so there you have that if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet have no fear we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes. So sign up at capegunworks.com. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. 
There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Hopefully you never need to defend yourself with a firearm, but if you do, it's good to have one. <laughs> you know, like the saying goes, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. That was kind of a mantra of mine when I was first learning how to shoot, um, when people would always say, why does anybody need a gun? Why does why do you need an AR-15? Nobody needs an AR-15. And I'm like, well, since when are we in a needs-based society? Nobody needs a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house. We could all live in a barn with, you know, an outhouse. Um, but, you know, we like to have nice things. Why? That's why. I like to have nice things, and AR-15s are nice. nice. Yeah, they are nice. Thank you. Um, all right, getting back to your question. Uh, Chris is wondering, uh, he says, speaking of HK, you can get the USP in 9 and 40, but not 45? And that would be correct. So it was my understanding that if they had sent the USP 45 out for testing, it would be a lot easier for them to get the nine and 40 added to the roster. So if you go for the bigger caliber first, you can get the smaller calibers added with a simple process, uh, affidavit process. So you look at like the roster of, um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, if you look at Ruger, you'll see like the LC9S, there's like, I don't know, probably a dozen, maybe 13 or 14 different models of LC9S. This is the 3235, the 3242, the 3243, the 3246, et cetera, et cetera. And most of those are just color differences. So they don't have to send the gun out for testing after the first one, the black one was tested. Now they want the purple one to be mass compliant. They just have to do a... Uh, an affidavit saying it's the same gun, same manufacturer process, same everything, same bells and whistles, just a purple frame instead of a black frame. And then they will kind of push it through. Um, so the point is, if they had, you know, tested the 45, then they could have added the 9 and 40. But because they tested the 9 and the 40, now they would have to test again for the 45. That was my understanding of how the process works. So 
regardless, the 45 is not on the list, so we can't sell it in Massachusetts. But as mentioned before, if you find one in Mass, you can buy one. Um, the USP 45 is a pretty cool gun. Um, you know, it's a very nostalgic gun at this point. It's not what I would consider up to the, like, you know, the VP9 or the HK45 standards, but it's still a cool gun to own, and HK fanboys really like them, of which I am one, but I'm not a purist. Like, uh, I talk to Michael Sagan every once in a while from Blown Deadline, who does phenomenal Cerakote work, and we talk about the HK. Uh, whenever he posts, like, a Cerakote job on an HK, like all the HK fanboy and purists come out of the woodwork like, how could you defile all this object with that silly camo pattern? Like, you should be, you know, <laughs> fill in the blank. And so he can't wait. Someday he's going to do like an HK P7M8 and like do some crazy camo pattern or something to it uh, just for the comments, you know. Um, but... I'm not the purist. Uh, I am a fanboy, but I'm not the purist. Dirty um, and Duncan saying that Governor Phil Scott vetoed legislation on Tuesday that would have required gun stores to hold firearms for up to 30 days. Holy smokes. Thank God for that veto. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, that would be awful. Right now, there's in some states, you know... The pros and cons of living in Massachusetts. One of the pros is after you've jumped through all the hoops and had your rights violated to the point of no return and you get your government approved and issued ID, which is not racist apparently to require you to have to buy a firearm, but it is to require you to vote. Go figure. Um, again, we, we do, do things about guns that we don't do in any other area of our lives um, or we allow politicians to do things with guns that we would never tolerate in other areas of our lives but um, once you've jumped through all those hoops because our laws are more stringent than the federal laws we don't have a waiting period unless you get a delay from the feds which does happen about 20 percent of the time anyway but um, because i have that ltc i can take it home with me that day when I buy it at the gun store, should I get a proceed from the from the feds? Um, with that being said, you got states that don't have a license to carry type of uh, situation, um, and they're just subject to the Brady laws, uh, the Brady bill. So they have a three-day waiting period, a cool-off period, as the government likes to call it. So they want to make sure that you're not about to commit a crime of passion you're not just out shopping for the gun that you're going to go back and kill yourself or somebody else with so they feel that this three-day cool down period will help you get it out of your system and it's the government looking out for us again everything is done in the name of safety everything is done in the name of safety we had an interesting caller on the grace curly show who was a former law enforcement who was telling a story about a uh, 14 year old kid who was getting picked up because, you know, he had some issues going on at the house. He was being bullied by family and whatnot. And the kid confided in him as a cop that his brother had a gun. And it was loaded and locked up in his room. And when they confronted the mother, the mother said, um, no, he's got a BB gun or an airsoft pistol. And the cop's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Do you mind if we search? And they searched his room and they found a gun. 
And he was saying it was a Glock, but I think he was insinuating that it was a, a ghost gun, quote unquote, a ghost gun. And you're never going to solve the problem of people who aren't compliant with the law by punishing those who are compliant with the law. So I said, I get where you're going with this. I understand that you feel law enforcement is in jeopardy because of these quote unquote untraceable firearms. The problem is criminals get guns. They buy them off the street. They make them. They buy them off, uh, you know, illegal gun dealers. They steal them. Whatever it takes, they get these guns, right? And a lot of them get them pretty often. And there's obviously a black market for guns. And the the guy who shot Officer Gannon, I won't mention his name, had like 130 priors of felonies. And one of the times he got arrested, he had 30 guns in his possession. And he was a felon in possession of a gun, of a firearm. And that 30 gun collection that he had was enough to put him in jail for 30 years. Each gun carried a mandatory minimum one year in prison as a felon in possession. Obviously, plea bargained it, got down to a lesser charge, was out on the street a couple of years later, and ultimately killed Officer Gannon and shot his partner Nero, the police dog. I've said all that to say this, that you can't solve a problem by looking for a solution that by definition won't solve the problem. So you can't fix people who own guns illegally by punishing the people who are responsible gun owners. It, It just doesn't work. So why would you continue to restrict the vast majority of people who participate in home firearm building as a hobby, as a fun activity, as a um, kind of a freedom event that you can do and build your own gun that the government doesn't know about. Why is that a problem? Why does the government need to know about my gu- my the gun that I build in the privacy of my own home? They don't. And there shouldn't be, a. there's no registry that was already ruled unconstitutional. So the fact that it was manufactured and serialized by a manufacturer and reported, um, that gives you some sort of traceable event. Okay, how does that affect me as a responsible law-abiding gun owner? It doesn't. And it shouldn't affect you either as a Joe law enforcement guy who's out trying to do his job. Because when a criminal gets a gun... Okay, yeah, you might be able to trace that back to the manufacturer that made it, the gun dealer that sold it, and the guy who lawfully purchased it that either had it stolen from him or he was an illegal gun dealer, which if the illegal gun dealer is, you know, a guy in possession of guns, lock him up for it, prosecute him, and that's the problem. You don't do that. You let him back out on the street to recommit crime, and as I mentioned prior weeks, 95, 96% of all violent crime is committed by a repeat offender. So how about we go after the people where the problem lies and the problem exists, not go after the people and punish them who are responsibly and legally owning and building and 
collecting and shooting and doing whatever they want with the guns as long as it does not violate the law. There you have it. So, anyway, um, let's see. We'll get back to more of your questions after this. If you treat, oh, excuse me, <laughs> if you travel or you want to get a license to carry in multiple states, check out our Utah 36 state concealed carry class where you get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book the class today. It's one of our most popular classes. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire, the weekly show about all things guns, freedom, and Second Amendment and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and I'm glad you're listening. Uh, we're going to get to your questions in a minute. Um, I just wanted to talk quickly about the fact that uh, along the lines of subject, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, uh, censoring uh, content, that there's five Democrat senators are press pressuring YouTube to censor homemade firearm content. So um, the the five senators are uh, 
Let's see, it's uh, Richard Blumenthal, no surprise there. Chris Murphy, no surprise there. Robert Menendez, no surprise there. Cory Booker of New Jersey, who's, you know, obviously a big gun band guy. And our own, very own, none other than Edward Markey rounds out the top five. And uh, it's interesting, they're all from states that have you know, very high restriction on firearm ownership and also very high violent crime rates, I must say. Um, maybe Connecticut is the exception of that rule, although I know crime is on the rise in certain counties of Connecticut. Uh, a family member just moved out of Cheshire County because, uh, Cheshire, Connecticut, I should say, because um, they felt they didn't feel safe anymore and they were under one of those crazy acts where the law enforcement was instructed not to arrest anyone under 18 for any crime because uh, obviously except for like murder or whatever because they didn't want it to artificially inflate their uh <laughs> their rates of crime rate you know and they thought it would be better to give them all a free pass so what's happening is hot burglaries are up Why? and uh larceny is up um Auto theft is huge right now. So they felt like they just couldn't, they didn't feel safe. They moved right out of the state. But um, this is a perfect example. Uh, YouTube's chief executive officer, Susan uh, Wozicki, or whatever, however you pronounce her name, said that uh, the U.S. senators expressed their serious concern that YouTube continues to host videos that instruct viewers on how to make and manufacture ghost guns. Oh, man. Can you imagine freedom being portrayed on the Internet in a easily obtainable manner? They don't have to go to the dark web to find that content. Are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. And uh, Firearms Policy Coalition also reached out to YouTube and told them to tell those five senators to shove it where the sun don't shine because freedom is on the right side of history. Um, but I digress. Let's get back to your questions before I get down a rabbit hole that I'll never come back from. Um, Chris says, I wasn't going to say anything, but that's quite the stack of firearms in the corner. And yeah, it is. There's a lot of guns over there. They're, they're all browned out and blacked out guns. But um, this is what happens when you're the gun guy and a lot of your friends are like, hey, I'm going on vacation. Can you hold my shotgun for me? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then they come back from vacation like, yeah, I'll come by and grab that. And you never see them again. <laughs> and uh, some of those guns are a friend that has passed away, uh, his guns. And so I'm going to try to reach out to his next of kin and tell him, hey, I got your... Uh, loved ones guns here what would you like me to do with them uh so yeah it happens i've i've got more guns in my possession that i don't own than guns i do own right now frankly so there you have it um and little bro says thoughts on frame transfers in mass and how do you sbr in mass can we do the paperwork at cape gunwork or is it an at home online paper type of thing oh that's a good question that's something we could talk about for an hour but um, basically a frame transfer if you do it at a gun shop you're going to do the federal 4473 paperwork um, you're going to um, basically 
you know, do the background check at the gun shop. When they're done with that, you're going to take the frame. When you build it into a firearm, you have seven days to register it with the town, with the state of Massachusetts. If you don't register it because you never built it into a gun and you want to sell it to a buddy, as long as he is duly licensed, he can then take possession of that gun without needing to go back and do a background check and everything from the gun store. Um, Massachusetts does not recognize a frame or a receiver as a firearm. Federally, they are if they're a serialized, you know, firearm manufactured receiver. Um, so the subject of 80 percenters come up a lot. But before I opine on that, um, the second part of your question is how do you SBR in Massachusetts? My recommendation is whatever gun you want to SBR, you buy the carbine version of it. So like if you wanted a SIG MCX or MPX or something and you want to SBR that, I would recommend get the 16-inch version first, then file all the paperwork so you have something to shoot and hold and cherish while you're waiting for your paperwork to come back. And then once it does, then you can buy the short barrel and switch it out. Um, so with that being said, uh, you can... It, you can do the paperwork online now. It all is done on online. So you've got to create an account with the uh, ENFA online. So you Google ENFA and you'll get to the right place, you know, the NFA branch of the ATF. And you'll create an account, a user account, upload all your information. And then once you have that, then you can apply right there online. You got to upload your fingerprints and photographs, and the whole process is done online now. So it's a little wonky, and um, it's taking longer than it used to. But they just started doing these form ones and form fours, so you can you can do them now online. Uh, whereas before, you had to do the paper version of that. So um, I would recommend you go online, open up, start an account, and then if it gets denied, you still have a. 16-inch version of the gun that you can legally own, and I would apply again later because it's largely contingent upon uh, the inspector that you get. We had a couple of SBR uh, applications going through. One was for an MPX and one was for an MCX. Ironically, the MCX got approved, which is the 5.56 version. The MPX, the 9mm version, got denied. I was like, what the heck? You know, so the the inspector uh, said, nope, you can't own that gun in mass. I'm like, what are you talking about? We sell a ton of those guns in mass. Of course you can own that gun in mass. He goes, well, you're going to have to reapply. Sent the check back. So, you know, that guy was out the cost of an SBR, and they did send his $200 back, but frankly, it's just a waste of everybody's time. And the whole time this happened, it took, I think the whole process was like a year. Um, he never had the gun to shoot and whatnot. So I would recommend get the carbine version of it and then form one it on the ENFA website. Um, that's the only way you can do it now on the ENFA website. But it's better than buying it from a licensed gun shop on and then trying to do a form four. It's going to cost a little money in the long run, but usually the difference is just the cost of the barrel and the handguard or whatever. So there you go. 
All right, Mudflap says, if I turn an 80% lower into a working AR-15, do I make up my own serial number and engrave the number under the lower and register it? And what if the 80% builds become illegal? Will it be grandfathered in? Um, Mudflaps, you got to understand that since 2016, it's already become illegal to do that. Uh, so technically under the letter of the law, I don't see a way around that. Um, I think you're kind of stuck with your paperweight 80% lower. Um, unless you can prove that you obtained it prior to 90, uh, I'm sorry, 2016, 7 20, 2016, then I think you're out of luck. But Massachusetts doesn't recognize it as a firearm. So um, how can you prove it was a firearm in 2016 if Massachusetts didn't recognize it as a firearm? So it's a tough one and uh, I would seek out competent legal counsel and I don't think you're going to have any luck grandfathering an 80% lower in and as I mentioned I don't see a legal path on how to do that and again it might be um, just violating an attorney general's edict which hasn't really been challenged in court uh, but on the other hand the way that the court system and the governor and the legislature has supported her behind that I think you got a an extremely expensive legal battle on your hands should you get caught with that so I would steer clear of that and just pony up and buy a pre-ban a true pre-ban which they exist um, LARP saying he went into a local gun store on the north shore this weekend was looking through the case and the person working pulled out a GP 100 and told him to dry fire it it felt wrong. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, as long as you show and make sure it's clear. Hopefully he opened up the cylinder and showed that it was clear and then handed it to you to confirm it was clear. Then uh, with two-party confirmation that it is in fact clear, it is very much safe to dry fire a GP100. You will not hurt that gun whatsoever in any way, shape, or form by dry firing it. I used to own a GP100 uh, for years. I I mean, I remember many a night's dry fire practicing with that gun. I put a wolf spring kit in it and uh, loved that gun. And it was my primary carry for a little while, which was really funny because I'm not a very uh, big boned guy, if you know what I mean. And when I carried that, it probably looked like I had a tumor growing out the side of me. And um, I had the four inch GP100 and I used to jog at night. And uh, one of my friends said I look like Karen Carpenter running down the, the road. And uh, I'd have this big old GP100 on my belt. And I wouldn't recommend doing that in this day and age. But you'd see the headlights come on, you know, come around the corner, the high beams go on. And then you'd hear the fast acceleration of the car as it drove past me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, what I used to do when I was 18 years old is not what I would do today. I believe concealed carry is the best option, but that was my foray into the open carry, uh, which is technically legal in this state, but I would highly recommend against it. So, um, but I digress. I used to dry fire that gun all the time and you'll never hurt it. Um, we actually have what we call like a safe dry fire spot in our, by our pistol case where um, once we confirm it's clear and then we hand it to you with either the action slid back and the magazine out and you can see that it's clear then we encourage you to dry fire it by putting the muzzle into a um, it's called a uh, you can safely shoot into it if you had to you wouldn't but 
you can. So it will stop a bullet, um, but it's like a you know unloading spot where you just kind of put put the muzzle of the gun in, and then you can try the trigger. But we highly encourage people to try the trigger. So um, that's a big important part of gun ownership. Uh, it says it makes me hesitant to buy guns out of cases at stores for fear that people have dry fired it to sin. Well, I don't think you're going to hurt the guns, any of those modern guns, by dry firing it. So have no fear. You, you're in good hands. Um, but you could request them, grab one out of new out of the box. That's what we often do for people is we'll try to sell the ones out back before we take one out of the case. All right. Private archery lessons are back. Are you excited or what? Check out the calendar on a, to schedule a one-on-one -on -one archery lesson with Dylan our new archery guru. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link today. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, 
Take a class and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And right back into the comments here. Uh, Chris thinks HK should bring back some stainless steel. And I agree. That P7M8 or the P7M13 in stainless steel is a pretty cool looking gun. Um, but yeah, they should bring back some stainless steel. Uh, and LARP is saying the idea that people who are shopping for guns are all angry and need to cool down is comical. Most gun nuts I know are total nerds at the end of the day. I resemble that remark. Are you saying I'm a nerd? What the heck? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, gun geeks are, you know, pretty harmless people. And uh, they are a little bit nerdy. Same with the home-built firearms crowd. Like, you think this, this like, illegal operation in someone's basement where they're pumping out these quote-unquote ghost guns to go arm the gang and you know arm the biker gang a biker gang and i'm sure that happens to a certain extent but the average the vast majority of people building home-built firearms are total gun geeks they're you know participating in a freedom activity having fun, learning how the weapon works and, move, you know, the mechanisms inside of it and how it operates and how, how it works. And they're just, you know, happy to put them together and see what they made at the end of the day. And uh, it's, you know, that's just how it is. Um, all right, Matt's on his way. And uh, Toy, Toy Toe is saying, uh, do we have the next Gunmakers match scheduled? And we don't, but I know there's the national match down in St. Augustine, Florida on March 19th. And I highly recommend if you can get the time off and you want to make a make a gun and go down, or uh, it would be a great time for you to do it. Because um, I honestly don't know what the future of those matches are. The ATF has started to take a really hard look at it. Um, if you don't follow Rob Pincus on social media, you should look him up because the ATF was inquiring if he was coming to the the local gun makers day at Patriot Firearms School in um, I forget what town he's from but um, he's a fellow instructor in the IDS um, ICE training uh, group that I'm in or actually the one through the USCCA uh, the defense firearms training coach uh, the DFS instructor, uh, Bill Dalby from Patriot Firearms School. And he uh, hosted one of these gun building classes with Matt from 2A3D Print who came to ours. And the ATF called them ahead of time and basically wanted to know what was going on and who's doing what and what's happening and and uh, asked if Rob Pincus was going to be there, left his card. So... They called Rob right away and said, hey, this is what happened. And Rob said, give me the guy's number. So he gave him the ATF agent's number. And I know this ATF agent. He's actually a pretty good guy. And um, then uh, 
Rob called him and said, hey, what's up, man? I heard you were asking about me. And the guy was like, what? You know, <laughs> we caught him off guard. He said, yeah, you wanted to know about the gun makers day at the uh, Patriot Firearms School. And and uh, he said, uh, yeah, I was inquiring. So they had this discussion. And uh, Rob's like, what are you getting at here? What's going on? So the one of the big things that came as a result of that was they said, if you are the instructor telling people how to build the gun, totally legal. But if you provide them with a file to do it, now you are the manufacturer because you gave them a file. And Rob's like, okay, can I sell them a file? And he said, yep, so you can sell them the file, but you can't provide it. You can't lend it to them. Okay, so that changes things, but whatever. We'll talk more about that on the other side. So. Make sure you take a private lesson with one of our awesome instructors at Cape Gunworks. Get one-on-one instruction tailored to you. Lessons for pistol, rifle, shotgun, or just test out a new gun. Book one now. Go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates. And we will be right back. This is Toby Lear. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and where we talk all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're going to get back to your questions here in this second hour, the local hour of Rapid Fire. Um, we were talking before the uh, break about the Makers Match. And so once uh, they determined that lending a tool to somebody is equivalent to manufacturing a gun, they started to put these packages together at the two gun makers days that occurred simultaneously, one in Massachusetts, one in Denver, Colorado, uh, not Denver, because Denver did ban homemade guns or unserialized, untraceable firearms. 
within city limits. So Rob Pincus, who lives in Denver, had to get all of his stuff outside of his house and move his 3D printer and all this stuff. It was crazy. But um, the the bottom line is the you know everything adapts and overcomes. So they put together a package, and for twenty bucks, you could buy every tool necessary to finish your gun. And so the funny thing is, <laughs> you know, I don't think this happened, but someone thought of it after was, well, at the end of the day, when I, you know, bought those tools, made my gun, but I don't really want the tools anymore. Can I make, can I return these tools for a refund? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, so that'd be a good question to ask the ATF. And a lot of people would say, like, you're crazy for talking to the ATF. What are you, nuts? And and Pincus is like, uh, no, I think we should air out any concerns and questions and whatever the intent of what we're doing. And the ATF agent actually didn't have a problem with what they were doing. They just wanted to make sure it was being done lawfully and legally. And so, therefore, um, he gave him some good advice on how to do that. And as ridiculous as that advice is, um, that's the way they're interpreting and enforcing some sort of regulatory understanding. And what they're using as that regulatory understanding is there was a, you know, a gang member out in L.A. that was a felon that uh, basically got arrested for manufacturing guns for the gang but what he was doing was he was buying all these quote-unquote ghost gun kits and queuing them up in the ghost gunner C 3D printer, not 3D printer, uh, uh, mill. And, you know, he'd get them in there and set them up and then he'd have the guy who wanted the gun built who wasn't a, an illegal gun owner per se or wasn't a felon or whatever, but he would come over and press the button on the machine. So they're saying... Because the guy, the other guy owned the machine and he just lent it to the guy, he was actually making the gun. So they're saying that lending someone a cordless drill or a file or a piece of sandpaper is the same as having a mill that can completely mill a lower out and, and uh, you know, Why? it's the same as pushing the button. And, you know, that's the problem with regulation is you know, more laws create more laws, create more laws, create more regulation. And it's just a, it becomes an albatross and no one can follow it. No one can do it right. So there you go. Um, Duncan makes a good point that in Massachusetts, they're technically not ghost guns because we have seven days to register them. So uh, that's true. Once you make one in Massachusetts, you got seven days to register it. So that's the way it goes. But um whatever it's you know they know you got guns anyway as soon as you get a license to carry i'm sure they assume you have one um so we'll see what happens with the next gun makers match because i would love to do it again it was pretty awesome um and salto gar says joining now uh thank you for amazing service and helping me purchase my very first firearm last week what an awesome team we have here at the store thank you i appreciate that and uh I I, gra I greatly appreciate the feedback. And if you haven't been into the store and and uh, got to interact with one of our awesome staff members, we hope you'll 
come soon and often. Uh, so Toy Town says, if I own a 16-inch Robinson as well as a 12-and-a-half-inch barrel for it but don't have a tax stamp, is there a constructive intent issue there if they were found together? And I would say absolutely there would be. Um, that is one thing that the ATF is pretty adamant about. Um, so I would highly recommend you either sell the barrel or you apply for a tax stamp. And then when it comes in, you can legally put it on or take it off. So that's what I would do. Um, and Richard's wondering if the Mossberg MC2C is a good first carry gun. I think it's a great gun. Um, not huge fan of the crossbolt safety on it, but once you get used to it, it's pretty easy to use or don't use. Um, the one thing I would highly recommend anyone do with a safety on their gun is use it every single time you drive the gun out to feed the safety and re-engage it on the way back in. If you choose not to use it when you carry and it inadvertently comes on and you actually need to use your gun, you're going to drive the gun out and it's not going to go bang when you want it to. So make sure the muscle memory is there to defeat the safety. So you got that going for you. Well, sadly, guys, the show is coming to an end. But thank you for tuning in and remembering that this show is ending here. But you can always tune in at capegunworks.com slash rapidfire. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community and your local. Be a gun advocate and put on a good face of gun ownership in your community. Uh, as responsible gun-owning Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. May God bless you. And we'll see you next time. 